The Comic-Con that is a mile above the rest has returned for 2013, and it's bigger than ever. Stan Lee is at Denver Comic-Con this year. Kelly Hugh is going to be at Denver Comic-Con. Also, Felicia Day from the Guild at Denver Comic-Con this year. You can get a special beer at Denver Comic-Con, the Cape Crusader. Comic-Con 2013. Buy tickets online, denvercomiccon.com. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic-Con 2013. Log on to Denver Comic-Con right now and purchase your tickets. They went up because you waited too long. Yeah. But doesn't mean the entertainment's any less valuable. And you, you can still get them at the old price if you go to the retailers, like uh, Colorado Coins Cards and Comics even. You can get them at the old price, get them a little bit cheaper, so that's a good way to go. I love Colorado Coins Cards and Comics. Especially now, they got Steve Niles, who we talked about last week, mm-hmm. week we talked about 30 Days a Night. He's going to be, the writer's going to be there now, wow. as well as Steve Wiebe, uh, who, if you've ever seen King of Kong, he's an awesome him. guy. Yeah. yeah. So go, go get I thought just the Galaxy... Twin Galaxy guys is showing up. There. He's going to be there too. Keep on missing all these announcements because I have a well, stupid phone that doesn't update me all the time. And they're coming real fast. It's it's hard to catch them all. They are. So yeah, Denver Comic Con. Also, the best way to listen to Real Nerds podcasts is Tweaked Audio earbuds. If you log on to tweakedaudio.com and when you're checking out, say, "Oh, I have a coupon. This one word, Real Nerds. Put it in a third off your whole order." That is so amazing. It is. For some amazing earbuds. It's a lot of money if you buy $10,000 worth of it earbuds. It is. It's a lot of money. But enough about money. Let's get into the show. If you've never listened to Real Nerds Podcast, every week we go see a new movie. This week we saw Star Trek Into Darkness. Is Star. it as dark as you think it is? Dun, 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 dun. Stay tuned for the spoilerific review. Um, also, you can call us, 7206Nerds5. You can tweet us, real underscore nerds. Go to our webpage, realnerdspodcast.com. Leave a message. James' cousin left us a message this week. The only thing we got this week from uh, mail. You didn't see it? Which cousin? No, I'm um, excited. It's uh, Kara? Oh, wow. All right, cool. And uh, also, you can uh, uh, like us on Facebook, and you can go to the Oriental Theater May 28th and see our debut pod show, Real Nerds Pod Show, starring me, the most important person in this <laughs> podcast. Who are you? <laughs> Brad, who fucking cares, all right? Every they, person's podcast is their first podcast. You say this every fucking now, week. Now you're mocking Stanley. And now eventually I'm I'm going to get to it. I'm just doing the all this shit I have to do right away. Get it out of the way. I'm Ryan. Thank you for listening. Hi, Ryan. To my left is dumbass. To my right is smart guy. Yeah, smart guy. That's the only time I've ever been talked nice to by, by Ryan. That's how much he hates you right now, Brad. Why must you hurt me? <laughs> when you know I have the power to edit this show. I know. I keep on waiting for you to do something stupid to me. but He has the power. Know. He doesn't have the time. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. You auto-tune me through the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> like Andy in the office this week? Yeah. One day. Oh. Uh, but that's Brad. I'm Ryan. James. And this week, you're like, oh, it's time for fan mail. <laughs> Not so fast, my friends. When we have guests on the show, we always start with our guest. And lately, we've been you know, talking about people from Denver Comic Con. We actually have somebody yeah. who's going to be at Denver Comic Con on our show. What? So uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to all the listeners here, sir. Hi, I'm Joshua Catalanato. I do the comic book Trash Man, and I'm going to be in Artist Alley this year at Denver Comic Con. 
Sweet. Sweet. Thanks for coming on the show, yeah, Josh. Thanks that, for having a, me. That's a that's a cool score. I mean, usually we're just like, oh, I wish we could get some cool comic book guy on the show. Got him. So, Joshua, <laughs> why don't you... Uh, you're friends of Charlie, who wrote our new theme song, and you also know Andrew from Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Is that Dude. correct? I do, yeah. Uh, Charlie and I played in high school jazz band together. Wow. <laughs> I was on guitar. He was on piano. Very uh, cool. And Andrew and I are friends through the store. Very cool. Yeah, through Colorado Coins it's and Comics. It's such a small world. Yeah. You know, you run into these yeah. people, and it's great. That's yeah. what I love about this podcast. I mean, I love hearing my voice every week, too. <laughs> but more so, I love uh. meeting new people. Um, so, Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you get into comics? Then, obviously, talk about Trash Man, your influences, and all that uh, cool jazz. Definitely. Well, I uh, grew up in Aurora, Colorado, and um, I've always had a fascination for nerdy things. So, at an early age, I started reading comic books at the grocery store. Of all places. Wow. I so buy, you, grew, like, you grew up in 1964. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. That's where I guess got my start. I, wow. Like MTV comics, like uh, the Max. Mm. <laughs> Just yeah. buying random issues, reading them. Um, then when we were really little, I don't know the exact year, my parents bought us a uh, Packard Bell computer. Came preloaded with a program called Spider-Man Cartoon oh, Maker. I made that. <laughs> that. Yes, I did. As soon as you said Packard Bell, I had that same computer, and that yeah. was my first thought. Was I used to love that? And, oh my god! Oh my god! And how you used to make your own Spider-Man cartoons? Exactly. To, me and my friend Brandon, we would uh, cut the heads off of people and have them bounce through certain scenes <laughs> and have a trail of red going through it. So for the past fifteen years, there's this thing in movies. It's this little piece of audio that they use that I only recognize it because of that game. Oh! No, no, scream. no. Well, no, no, it's not that one. That one all, though, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, it's the it's the police car. When you would run it through the screen, it would go, Code Liberty 25, Code 6, oh, 105 yeah. North Avenue 62. I hear, I, every time I hear that in a movie now, I, I think back to that Spider-Man game. Oh, my Me God. Too. That's awesome. So good. Man, we're even good at derailing guests. Yeah. <laughs> you just blew my mind. Well, uh, Spider-Man Cartoon Maker was where uh, my brother and I came up with the idea for Trash Man. We uh, just got done watching the movie Men at Work, and we used to make, we used to take those characters and make them do things that weren't Spider-Man things. And so uh, we kind of combined the idea of Men at Work with Captain Planet at the time. Oh yeah, <laughs> and made uh, made the Trashmen the heroes, and all the environmentalists the stereotypical, cliched bad guys. Yeah. So you've got uh, a guy who can recycle any garbage you want and make brand new computers it was totally cliched ridiculous comic book stuff yeah and the trash man had to go stop him because this recycler was stealing the profits from the landfill and taking all the business <laughs> <laughs> and when i grew up i was in college i tried to make it into a cartoon with a few guys but found out animation was really hard <laughs> so i uh eventually sat down and reconfigured the whole idea and made it a uh, comic book with, uh, it's not a serious comic book at, by any means. It still remains like a cartoon, but it's got more of a satirical approach like the Colbert Report on environmental issues, essentially. So yeah. uh, it's independently produced. Do you write and uh, draw it, or do you have a writer and inker? Do you do everything for the book? I do everything, yeah, except for edit it. If I uh, didn't have my girlfriend, it'd be full of misspelled words and <laughs> <laughs> bad grammar and you name it. So it's only the uh, spelling and like the writing she 
uh, edits or like because editors can also do like panels and uh, you know action. Like. Yeah, definitely. She uh, she'll definitely give me advice whenever I need it, but it is mainly the writing, yeah, the yeah. words and uh, checking over the final proof before I send it to the printer like four or five times. How do you get it printed? Because <laughs> I imagine that's well, kind of the hardest part. I uh, went to college for graphic design, so finding printers was actually kind of easy for me. I just did a Google search. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> uh, cheap comic printing, and I came up came up with a few independent guys that do um, that do independent printing for th- not a steal by mm-hmm. any means, but pretty cheap. I uh, went through Comics Press for my first issue, and uh, they had the cheapest prices by far. But my uh, reprints for Denver Comic-Con, I had to go through Kablam, which is a little bit more popular hmm. among indie creators. Very cool. And you can get it print-on-demand, so I can get anywhere from one issue to 10000 for the same exact price. Oh. Yeah. So how many issues have you written of Trash Man? I've just finished the script to issue three. Uh, I've This whole arc is a five-issue arc, and I have it uh, completely uh, planned out. The spine's complete for four and five. Um, issue one is out now with this cover. It was the first printing cover I did of, uh, it's like a watercolor painting with the villain creeping up behind the hero. And, uh, issue two will be premiering at Denver Comic-Con with, uh, a new cover on issue one as well for the second printing. So were you, what were your influences besides, you know, Captain Planet and stuff? Did you have a favorite comic book that you read that was the basis for it or is it just all the the spider-man cartoon and the captain america so you're just basically taking the over the top things and wielding them into an environmental issue yeah it was uh actually not too influenced by comics outside of the uh, amazing or the uh, spider-man cartoon maker but it was um i was reading at the time ultimate spider-man and um i moved on since then to like batman and uh, Justice League and any DC stuff. So I've always had influences with um, whatever I'm reading at the time, giving me ideas on how to frame out things or how to uh, how I want to draw a certain issue or write a certain issue. I got a lot of uh, help from the DC Guide too, which they put out this whole series of books where uh, they kind of broke it down each part of the process, writing, uh, penciling, inking, lettering, and uh, coloring. So do you write a script first, or do you draw and then write? Do you do it the Marvel way where you draw panels and then you <laughs> fit in the word balloons to make it fix, uh, fit? So I guess, do you think of the plot first and then the story second, or is it the story and then the drawing? Even though I'm doing it all myself, I plan it out as much as possible just to have a good idea of what I'm doing. So what I do when I'm writing, I start with a uh, spine, just basically what's going to happen in each act of the comic. Uh, and I have that broken down into like a, uh, you know, the climax, the rising action, all the basics that you get in any plot. From there, I write it out as prose. From I want to make sure it's interesting as like a short story before I spend about six months drawing it. <laughs> and then I uh, fully script it out because I want to have a good idea of where my dialogue's going to go and uh, how to frame the action before I start thumbnailing it. A lot of stuff does change in between writing the script and thumbnailing it, but um, it, it usually stays pretty tight to my script. Do you enjoy doing each part of the process, or is there like a specific s- step that you enjoy more than others? 
Well, I love drawing it, but when I do write it, I, I love that too. So I originally started doing this series on my own to kind of figure out what do I want to do in this industry because it's a team-based effort. Yeah. When you work for DC or Marvel, you're put with three, four other guys working on the same book, maybe five sometimes. And uh, I, I ended up liking it all. So to some capacity, I would love to do my own stuff for a long time. Um, always want to produce independent stuff, but ideally I'd like to get cut my teeth at DC someday and get in and probably do probably start with whatever they'll give me. So you've ever thought about going and submitting your work to them by going, I know San Diego has a thing where they have, you know, you can submit, I guess, commissioned work or have you ever, have you done that before or are you thinking about it? Are you preparing stuff for it? Yeah, I'm preparing for it right now. I kind of see this as like another three-year process maybe. It takes me about six months to draw each issue. And where I'm at now, it's as much of a learning process for me as it is a labor of love. Every issue comes out looking way better than the next one, like a completely different artist drew it. Uh, So every issue, I'm learning how to draw new things, learning how to draw things I used to draw better, and I just keep practicing at it every day so that uh, one day I will feel confident submitting my drawings or my writing to DC. That's awesome. Who would you say uh, your style imitates uh, artistically? Do you have your own style, or do you draw inspiration from a particular artist? Well, I try not to copy other people too much. not to say I'm not influenced by people. I love Greg Greg Capullo's work on Batman right now. Um, his pencils are just really awesome. And Jim Lee, of course, the uh, two biggest artists at DC right now, uh, definitely captivate my uh, imagination and how to just tell a story through framing and uh, pacing through the whole story. Um, and rendering. Jim Lee's a fantastic renderer. I'm, I'm by no means at their level. Uh, I wish I could say that <laughs> that's my style, but <laughs> my style right now is pretty much, I would consider it my own style. Um, it, it is drawn a lot from Saturday morning cartoons. I'm not trying to, I, I don't pay too much attention to making sure every piece of anatomy is right. I just want it to look bright and cheerful, but have these like dark undertones of a, uh, weird twisted universe where uh the recyclers are doing terrible things to just make people recycle and the trash man's out to save the day i think that sounds like the real world (laughs) (laughs) yeah in a way (laughs) ryan hates recycling (laughs) you mentioned pacing and one of the things that really impressed me and and got me into comics was when i when i got back into comics was i was reading brian k vaughn's why the last man and of course the way he paces and the way he he uses the the panels is amazing is there a lesson you've learned especially uh, going from one book to the next about um how to use those frames and where to put your page turns and that kind of stuff Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I try to always make sure that there's something exciting on the next page, something that a little bit of mystery, even if it's like just an empty box. I want someone to be able to open it and see what's going to happen on the next page. Uh, My first issue, it starts out where um, the trash man, he's just going back to work, normal day, and he sees something weird in the trash can, and then boom, flip the next page, and it's Mark Maron's severed head. 
So, <laughs> wait, wait, actual Mark Maron? It's head? not supposed to be Mark Maron, but I used a picture of him as reference because I thought he kind of looked homeless in it, and he I does, needed he a does, homeless he guy. He kind of look homeless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a huge fan of his. But yeah, <laughs> uh, do you do you find yourself when you're writing the new scripts looking for or planning those turns out and planning those little surprises into the book? Oh, definitely. I just finishing writing uh, the third issue. I wanted to keep every page turn to be as shocking and gross as possible. <laughs> There's just some gruesome stuff that happens in this next issue, and I love to draw gruesome stuff. So guts, puking, eyeballs coming out. Yes. <laughs> I love violence. Oh, man. That's cool. So is there a place where we can buy your comic online? Can we buy it in local shops? Yeah, actually, uh, you can buy my comic at Colorado Coins and Comics Very in the cool. uh, indie comic section. If you uh, have trouble finding it, you can ask for Andrew, and he'll point you in the direction. You know, I just noticed that there uh, this last week I was there, and they have uh, a Colorado section now yeah. there where they have uh, your book and uh, a couple others there. That's pretty cool. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, it was a great honor when he let me be in there. I was surprised, to be honest, because I kind of just started doing the comic thing. I've been doing art a long time, but when uh, he took a chance on me, it was really, really cool. Yeah. That's so neat. That place yeah. is awesome. Where does uh, Line Science come from? Oh, That was actually my old freelance graphic design company. Uh, so Line Science, not Lion. <laughs> and <laughs> um, I, I basically took that idea uh, when I was... I, I came up with the idea when I was freelancing for graphic design. I just thought it was a cool idea because I use so many different tools to create different lines for people. I use a uh, pencil to start, a dip pen or a brush to ink things out. And then um, sometimes I use the Wacom tablet, the Wacom pen to make lines. So it's all about the science of creating art, the science of the lines that I'm drawing. Interesting. That's neat. Very cool. So what are you going to be doing exactly at Denver Comic-Con? Are you just going to be signing copies of your book? Are you going to do commissioned work? What are you going to be doing? What I want to do is I've got issue one and two selling there. Um, then I am also going to be selling original art sketch cards that I've been working on since the last Denver Comic-Con. I was inspired by a couple guys I met there. Uh, James Buckshot Bukakis from Florida. Uh, he, him and I made a connection after one of the panels and He's a sketch card artist. He draws two and a half by three and a half inch cards, and they're really cool. All of them are original art, and I've been drawing. I've got about 60 of them finished now. I hope to have a little bit more by Comic-Con, but I will want to do commissions on those as well. So if anybody wants one, they can stop by my booth and pick a character, tell me what you want, and I'll uh, draw it out for you. I'm also selling prints that I did of the Joker, uh, based on uh, the death and death of the family arc recently uh, with the Joker, it was kind of an original print I did of him just blowing up a bomb behind him, and it's very pop art looking. It's uh, very bright colors, solid black lines, thick. He's not even reacting to the explosion behind him, and the only sound in the poster is the little beep of his clicker that he's detonating the bomb with. That sounds cool. So that's the version Thank of the Joker you. with his face cut off. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's got the belt tied behind his head and everything, and it's dripping down the top, nice. showing a little. Oh, that's gross. Brain. <laughs> <laughs> you nice. think that's gross? You but should see some of these panels with <laughs> severed heads and guys getting kicked in the nuts. <laughs> that's what I was going for. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Guys on fire. It's good stuff. Thank you. 
is there a place online we can like you on Facebook or can we is there a place people can buy your comic online or Yeah, actually I have pretty good news. You can buy uh this a printed version of the comic from uh linescience.com. Cool. L I N E S C I E N C E dot com. <laughs> Should we give the mic to the editor? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um and I'll ship one out anywhere in the United States or Canada. Um, I also just got news this week that I got accepted to be sold into the uh, Comixology store. So you'll be able to buy my comic digitally uh, to be announced. They haven't given me a date yet, but they did send me a letter of acceptance. So I'm super psyched about that. That's That's huge. Congratulations. Thank you. That's a big one. And this is your first year at DCC doing art? Yeah, I stopped by last year. I paid... uh, at the door, which was a huge mistake because I had to wait <laughs> in line for an hour just to get into the convention. Uh-huh. But it was well worth it. I had such a blast there. I went to Starfest last year, went to Denver Comic Con, and I fell in love with it. And I, even though I had a book out at the time, I didn't know if I was ready or not. I made a connection with a few guys there and talked to them about what I was working on. They gave me a lot of tips and definitely pointed me in the right direction. And this year... I feel very confident to be there. Cool. Very cool. And that's and really what it's about. Yeah. And you know? hey, when you're at Denver Comic Con, you got to come by our booth and, you know, oh, totally. talk to us too. Because we'll have sure. a booth there recording. Wait, we're going to be at Denver Comic Con? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you give us an update. I can't wait to see your Joker print. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Really I love the, uh, I love that Joker. That's a cool version of him. So excited. Well, thank you, Joshua. That was awesome. And thanks for reaching out to us. Yeah, I love definitely. emails like that. That's so cool. And thanks for the comic books. Yeah. I love yeah, My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Fan mail! So not much fan mail this week. We got a little note from James's cousin, Kara, and she said... The people that listen to 90s music are old. Come on, cuz. <laughs> so. Oh, that's right. I didn't see that. I thought you meant a phone call. No, I, um, no, no we're not that cool this yeah. week. Well, she's like 30 years older than me, so she's always telling me about how old people are. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Good. Also, the way I said it was, I, I what I was saying was that old people at night there. are listening to old she rock and 90s music. Not Anyway, it, it's no big deal. So yeah, thanks. Thanks. At least we got one one yeah. shout out. Yeah, somebody's. Yeah, you know, we got a lot of new likes though on our Facebook page. We did. So thank you for everybody who liked us. Yeah, and we um we placed the shirt the orders for the shirts this week. Thank you to anybody and everybody who bought a shirt or looked at the shirts or thought about shirts. It was really awesome. Um, the uh, we went to this place in Denver called Indie Inc. and Naya there helped us out. You know, w- worked with us and got everything looking really cool and. Uh, so they're going to work out really great. That place is awesome, and everybody there is really friendly. So if you are in Denver and you have need for shirts, totally go to them. Yeah, they're awesome. We yeah. used them last year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and all like the, all of our shirts from last year are still holding up and everything like that. They're not getting those cracks and stuff in the images, and we, we, we wear them every week, and I wash it every week. So going to movies makes me sweat. And you can also look forward to some posters. That's right. Yeah, Designed yeah. by Brad. Yeah, for those people who donated at a higher level. Which was actually quite a few people. Quite a few people. Yeah. Yeah. So we really appreciate. Very it. limited run of posters, but yeah. yeah. I, I just I spent a lot of time on those. So are They're you the really only one awesome. who's signing the posters? You can sign them if you want. No, oh, no. I mean, I just, just in your post, it sounded like I'm signing these posters. I, I, <laughs> I limited it to me just to make it sound like more like I did them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. Just so, but no, technically, for the ones that we're shipping or that we're giving away to people, all three of us are supposed to sign them. That's what I promised. Yep. 
and personalize them. We're going to say thank you to the people who oh, gave very us cool. money. Yeah. See, if you guys ones. would actually talk to me about this stuff, I know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, how are those polos coming, man? Well, you know, <laughs> great. <laughs> anyway, so that's the, that's the, the mail? Yeah, that's the mail. Cool. No, nothing that cool. It's all right. Yeah, I guess right. no one's uh, no one is upset by our negative review of Great Gatsby, I guess. Yeah, yeah. or the Gay yeah. Gatsby, as I called. <laughs> Did you like that? <laughs> yeah. Or nobody listened to the episode because halfway through they were like, "These guys are tired." We, we were. Yeah. What's it's this Leonard Maltin game? This is stupid. <laughs> I just do. No. It was good. It was cool. You liked it? Yeah. 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 It's it's better when all the dead air is cut out, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. When it moves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you're only supposed to play two rounds, and you're supposed to have, you know, theme categories like Tom Cruise. Which would you think would that be about? What well, are you thinking of a movie now with Tom Cruise in it? No, no, I'm saying like Risky business. You're supposed to have theme categories for the game. So, oh, I see. If <laughs> you if one of the categories is called Tom Cruise, what would you think? Born on the Fourth of The July. movies would be. Yeah. Nope. They're movies where Tom Hanks is on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Cool. Cool. What's next? Oh, dude, we've watched so much shit this week. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. So, I saw some things this week that might pique people's interests. Uh, the first thing I saw was okay. uh, is Hit and Run, which is a movie with Dak Shepard and Kristen Bell. Yeah! It was actually pretty funny. Cool. It, it was, was one fun. of those little comedies that snuck under the radar. And yeah. Uh, Dak Shepard plays a guy who's in uh, witness protection because he, testif- he used to be a getaway driver for... Um, Bradley Cooper's bank robbing partner guy thing. And so it's basically just a movie where uh, him and Kristen Bell are riffing off each other in a car. It's pretty funny. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, and Tom Arnold's pretty funny in it. There's a there's a scene where he's actually a U.S. Marshal assigned to protect Dak Shepard's character, and he's an idiot, and he's driving his uh, his minivan, and he gets out of it to talk on the phone and the minivan starts rolling away and he starts trying to shoot out the tires with these kids playing in the front yard. Almost shoots the kids. It's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's fun. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever. I got it for a dollar at Trademark. Who cares? So, are, you, are you waiting with bated breath for Hit and Run 2? Uh, I am. Just because, you know, and you know what I love? That's there's this, There's a shot at the beginning. It's just Kristen Bell's eyes and they're beautiful. <laughs> and they're not crooked at all? No, not yeah. at all. Fuck you, Brad. Bringing Kristen Bell down, you motherfucker. <laughs> I stand by my opinion. <laughs> she's so pretty. She's, she's so pretty. Nice. I'm saying one of her eyes. It's all Shannon Doherty. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that is it's so unfair. Shannon Doherty, how dare you? Man. I'm going to screen cap some Party Down stills and I'll show you. <laughs> okay. I'm actually cool with that. I'll watch as much Party Down as you make me. Uh, I also... Um, a while, about a month ago, Brad posted on his Facebook page about the next movie that he's going to love that me and James are going to hate, and it's a movie <laughs> yeah. called Manborg. Uh, my local blockbuster video, probably the only local one left in the world, yeah, uh, has it for rent. Oh, lucky. <laughs> so Man. I went and rented it, and I did not know that Manborg is made by the same guys who made Father's Day until I saw the Astron 6 kind of uh, logo. Oh, and it's got some of the same actors, too. Oh, yeah. The, all the actors are the same. Oh, no. Uh, but I will say this about this movie. It's actually pretty funny. Dude. Uh, so when there's not man rape involved, it's easier to swallow? So is it exactly like Father's Day, but without the dick eating? I, I would, it's funnier. And, cool. I mean, because they have... Wait, you didn't confirm the no dick eating. There is no dick eating in it. All right, cool. I mean, dick eating's hilarious. There's, uh, there's no nudity, either. I don't remember. 
Oh, now I'm out. It's basically these guys in front of a green screen, and it takes place in the future where hell has taken over Earth. And the beginning is, uh, I forget the guy's name for, uh, who's the lead character in it, uh, but he, him and his brother are on the front lines, and they're killing all these monsters, and then his brother is is killed and from Lord Draculon, but his brother's voice is dubbed like a like his normal like marine guy's voice so the the one guy talks normal and the other his brother says uh stuff like you you killing me out here son and uh it's his brother and his brother is got shot and uh the bad guys are closing in and he's like i'm not gonna leave you brother and he says you have to leave me i'm not leaving you brother that's an order okay sir and he gets up and runs away uh and then when he dies and he comes back as manborg uh they, they he gets captured in this arena and uh he's put in there and the the martial arts guy whose voice is also dubbed and he talks like this um <laughs> he says who are you and he looks at his human hand and he goes mad and then he looks at his robot hand and goes bored <laughs> in this really horrible uh dramatic pause um and they all play these characters and there's this really funny guy who's one of the bad guys his name's the baron he has a huge crush on one of the prisoners um the effects are really corny brad you, sh- you don't have to wait for blu-ray on this because it's <laughs> shot so poorly that i think blu-ray would make it worse <laughs> um but yeah and they have like a lot of stop motion monsters in it um they shoot things and intestines fly out um are the stop motion monsters like kind of if not impressive like fun they're not impressive, but they're purposely cheesy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it, it's pretty fun. And then the guy who directed Father's Day is this British rock Australian guy. He looks like Billy Idol. I don't know if he's, his accent's horrible, but I think it's on purpose. And there's a part where <laughs> they're driving through like the wasteland that used to be America. And he's like, oh, my God, there's so many burger wrappers blowing all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it just, it's so dumb, but it's still pretty funny. That's yeah. um, and, and make sure you watch after the trailer because they have uh, like a 15 minute, maybe not even that long, maybe 10 minute long uh, trailer for a thing called Biocop. And it's this <laughs> cop who is like disintegrating and he can't die. And the whole time he, he keeps on telling me, he's like, please kill me. And he's like throwing up like blood and eyeballs and stuff. <laughs> and uh, So it's like the fly if the fly were trying yeah, to fight and crime. It, and it's really dorky and it's really violent. <laughs> There's a part where he's shooting this dude in the head over and over again. And it keeps on blowing off more pieces of this dude's head. Uh, it's basically trauma. It's pretty funny, though. Huh. So, nice. uh, cool. You know, the, the best part of it is these guys know what they're making and they know it's stupid. Yeah. So. But at least in this case, they're not like trying to be so uh, over the top and, exactly. and, and like gross out that it's not getting in its own way. Exactly for some of us, Brad, it's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it, it's like seventy-two minutes. It's really short. Oh wow! It's barely a, like a feature-length movie. Um, I also, uh, me and Brad, uh, watched the C- series finale of The Office. Mm. Uh, it was it was really good. I was trying yeah. to catch up, but I have not quite seen it yet. Um, I, you go I mean, you go ahead and talk about it. it, it it's fun. I it basically what, what's really creative about it is they everybody knows that they're shooting the documentary, and the the series finale picks up a year after they shot the documentary. So it's yeah, it's and so everybody well, after they aired the first or aired it, yeah. yeah. Or, so everybody's in a different place 
the, the the cold opening was really great where Dwight was firing people and everybody who got a cake was fired. Yeah. Well, and, Stanley got one for retiring. Oh yeah, Stanley got one for retiring, but the, he gave one to Kevin and uh and Kevin is crying and he's eating the cake with his hand. He says, "Well, at least it's chocolate." <laughs> it's great. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Well, you can't fire Kevin." Like, <laughs> yeah. Like Toby, tell him he can't fire Kevin. And he's like, uh, I guess you know can't really do that. And then he gets handed a cake too. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, Toby. Yeah. And uh, like, and Kevin's cake has like "You're fired" written out on it in, in icing. And then uh, <laughs> Toby's d- is blank. And then like <laughs> Dwight comes over and just like sprays randomly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't like give him a nice. Yeah. Everybody picks on Toby. It's great. And so they just pick up and they they basically tie up everybody's kind of stories. Um, Angela and Dwight have a wedding. And Jim is what's the best man? It's like bestest mention. Yeah, bestest mention. <laughs> um, and he, he is uh, Gudenpranken. Yeah, he's Gudenpranken. So he basically and the but the whole thing is uh, Jim is playing pranks on Dwight throughout the whole like. Uh, yeah. But they're not mean pranks. They're not they're, mean pranks. It's just they're celebratory pranks. Yeah, like uh, a stripper at the <laughs> restaurant that Dwight thinks is a real waitress and she's horrible. <laughs> um, it's just a really cute episode. Everybody has. I mean, Kelly comes back. Oh. And, uh, Kelly and Ryan, yeah, yeah. Come back and Ryan and has a baby from a w- girl he was staying with who like left him with it, <laughs> and uh, and then by the end of the episode, Ryan abandons the baby, yeah. to run away with Kelly. But uh, the baby gets uh, falls into Nellie's arms because that's been her, her whole thing. She's always wanted a baby. Yeah. She's been trying to adopt, yeah. and this is her chance to. So she takes <laughs> this. And Kevin, there's a lot of a themes bar. of like abandonment and like adoption in the show because mm-hmm. Aaron yeah like she was an orphan and she finds her parents at the end of the episode yeah Joan Cusack and Ed Beagley Jr. yeah um but Kevin runs a bar now and uh <laughs> he turns around and is talking to Dwight and that was Jim's prank is he wanted Dwight and Kevin to bury the hatchet so Kevin could come to his wedding and <laughs> Dwight goes on this long thing where he says, it's not that you're a bad person, Kevin. You're just really horrible at your job. It's nothing personal. Kevin's <laughs> okay, like, really? Yeah, Kevin's all excited and hugs him, and it's great. And then there's a uh, uh, – we'll spoil it for you, James, because we don't Does care. Michael show up? Uh, so there's a part at the end where um, Dwight is getting ready with Jim, and Jim says, I can't be your whatever it is. Best man, yeah. Yeah, best man. Because, because according to like uh, Mennonite law – like, yeah. Uh, I have to be older than you. Yeah, he has to be older, much, much Aww. older. Yeah, and he says, uh, "And I, I can't help you." And he says, "Best prank ever." And you look over, and then Michael's standing in the door, and uh, Dwight says, "Michael, I didn't think you were coming." And Michael starts crying. And goes, "That's what she said," <laughs> and just starts crying. And uh, Michael, what's great about the Michael bit is he's in the episode, but he doesn't take away from the episode. Yeah, he's he doesn't in it. steal the show. He doesn't steal the show. He's in like three scenes. He's in that one. Uh, he's in a scene where he's showing all the pictures of his babies where they have a voiceover was it with Pam and she says Michael had to buy a, sep- a second phone because he had so many pictures of his baby <laughs> and pay a second like line for it and and she says he's so happy to have a family plan which yeah. is like <laughs> it's a, a clever and then they do this little cutaway to Michael and he says look at all it's like I, uh, I had all these kids these kids got married together and grew up and had kids of their own <laughs> but it's just something dumb that he says it's a great episode it's, it's everything a father could ever want yeah everything a father could ever want is his kids to marry each other uh, it's just a great episode and uh, Moe's is really funny in it uh, <laughs> Moe's has this uh, so during uh, Dwight and Angela's wedding they have all these like close ups on like all the couples yeah. uh, 
and then all of a sudden there's a cut to Moe's and then he turns his head and then like cuts across the way to the field where there's a scarecrow, a female <laughs> scarecrow. <laughs> it's just, oh. right, he probably bangs that scarecrow. <laughs> uh, it's, so, it's too bad because the, the... And him the, kidnap- kidnapping Angela. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> leaving her in the trunk. <laughs> I, the reason I didn't get a chance to see it was because I, I was a couple episodes behind and so when it, when it aired, I was like, oh crap, that was this week. So I've been trying to catch up. Um, and what I realized watching the episodes leading up to it is that because they were ending, like they started getting a little bit more cartoony and stuff like that. And I've I've really been enjoying those episodes leading up to it, like in a way that I I wasn't enjoying some of the previous ones, um, like the the episode where they drug Stanley and drag him to a um, to a sales meeting. Like it it felt like they were definitely having fun building up to the end of it again. So. Uh, I'm excited to to go. Even even knowing what happens, I'm excited to go watch it. Well, what the sad thing is, as as reading the ratings for it, uh, uh, 5.7 million people watched it. Yeah. You're like, oh man, that sucks for a series finale. Well, it was I mean, it's the highest rated episode of their season, but I mean, I mean, it wasn't going to be Mash. I don't yeah, yeah. Well, nothing is or Friends, but yeah, still kind of a bummer. I wish more people saw because it, it was a really great episode and it was really great how it went out. Well, most people found the show like downloading it from iTunes. What I heard, so maybe yeah. people will find the ending. Hopefully, after, they know. deserve to because it's a really good ending. It really is. Oh yeah, it was really sweet. Like there's nothing I was like, oh, they that was a missed opportunity or nothing. Mm-hmm. It was like really, and <laughs> I forgot to talk about Creed. <laughs> oh yeah, Creed. <laughs> fucking guy. I'll I'll let you have that <laughs> right. surprise for you. All right. Um, the last thing I watched is something James has been begging me to watch for years now. I'm really excited. And uh, it's a, ta- a television cable show called Archer. It's about this animated Secret Service guy. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was going awesome. to roll with that one. I was like, oh, you watch Archer? Cool. Uh, it is on FX. Yeah. It's a show called Justified starring Timothy Olafantastic. Yeah. Um, Were you justified in watching it? I, it was a good show. I I liked it a lot. Um I'll probably watch the other seasons because yeah. they are available. Um, it's funnier than I thought it would be. Yep. Um, and there's there's some great moments. Uh, you know, I never thought Timothy Oliphant was that great of an actor. I really like him in Deadwood. Mm. Um, but he's really good in the show. And, and this character is very much that character from Deadwood. Yeah, like, it's basically he's still that like, cowboy. Yeah, you know? but I mean, there's, there's a couple scenes early on um, – where he's talking to the, uh, you know, the, actually the opening scene was really badass. Yeah. Where oh, he's this U.S. Marshal and he's in Miami. And this this guy is horrible and he sits down and uh, he says, I gave you 24 hours to get out of town and now you have 10 minutes. And so they have this really great exchange and he says, what happens if I leave? You're just going to shoot me? You're just going to shoot me? And he shoots him. It's awesome. And uh, and then he goes into. He, I mean, he kind of he kind of cons the guy into pulling on him yeah, so he, he can shoot him. Yeah, and that's where the t- title comes from because he's like, oh, it's just yeah, it's just even though it's it's dirty. Uh, and then there was a couple other scenes. I love the scene where he met up with his friend again at his friend's like uh, church of white supremacy. I don't know yeah, what you yeah, call yeah, it. yeah, he, Boyd Crowder. Yeah, he's sitting down and he's talking to him, and it's just a great exchange with characters. Um, I can think it might be the first episode too, man. The first episode is. is really strong. The first episode is, yeah. Um, he comes out because the one his brother's Dewey? White Crowder's wife killed his brother, and now yeah. White Crowder wants that lady. And yes, uh, Timothy Lafon's character shows up there, Raylan, and he shows up there, and his henchman shows up, Dewey and, Crow, and he shows up and he's gonna shoot him, and uh, he kicks the <laughs> shit out of him before he can shoot him. <laughs> so good, 
Oh it, it's, man, the show is pretty, f- and it's funny. And yeah, it, I, I was surprised uh, how much I liked it, and it kind of gave you a little bit of who he was before with his girlfriend, and he snuck into her house, and um, it's just a really cool show. And the f- the first season struggles a little bit because in the original script, I, I, I or yeah, in the original script for the first episode, which I still think is is a beautiful script. Um, it's it's sort of the short story that the show is based on, where. Um, the beginning is mirrored by the end. I can mm-hmm. say that without spoiling it too much for the first episode of a show. Oh yeah, I was um, actually shocked with the ending. Yeah, uh, and then that 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 character is supposed to die in the original script, hmm. and then because he was so good, they wanted to keep him on, and so the rest of the season suffers. I think a little bit from them sort of trying to figure out what to do with him, mm-hmm. you know, and he becomes a really strong character. Um, but the other thing is that. My favorite moment of the show, probably ever, and and a defining moment is that first episode's ending, where he goes to meet his ex-wife, mm-hmm. and you don't even really know who she is. They just have, no. they've just talked about her the whole episode, and you meet her, and you're like, oh okay. And at the end, he's he's telling the story of who that guy at the beginning was and why he did what he did, and and she sort of laughs, and he's like, what? And oh, and he he says something like, I never thought uh, I was a very angry yeah. man, and and the, the show ends with her laughing, and she says. Raylan, you do a really good job of hiding it, but you are the angriest man I have ever known. And he just sort of, he looks puzzled and he thinks about it and then the show ends. And that is yeah. that is the question that defines the show, especially going into like seasons, season four. That is everything they are exploring. Um, and it's it's really interesting. He's he's a fantastic character, and he, yeah, it's just fun. Yeah. Like every episode can just be. You saw the Hit, the Hitler's episode. Oh yeah, man, that episode is really cool. Yeah, it's, um, it's one of those shows. It's it's funny because it they're they're you know they're forty eight minutes long, but they go yeah. by really fast. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd watch like four episodes before I realized I watched four episodes. Yeah, uh, because there's also that moment too, where I think it's the second episode where she says. Yeah, you gotta stop showing up at my house like that. You're scaring the shit out of my husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, so it's just fun. So I'll probably yeah. watch the rest of them. Cool. Yeah, I'll bring you the rest of the Blu-rays because cool. they're. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't want to stream them. So if whenever. No, you no, can, no. no. And season two, season two. By the end of season two, you'll see why I say it's the best show on television. Because, All right. uh, or at least you. you'll see why I say that because um, season two is so strong. Um, so good. I'm glad yeah. you really liked it. No, I liked it. It was cool. I mean, I knew it was a good show. I just. You know, yeah, giving you a hard time, Brad. What did you watch this week? Uh, mostly the Office finale, uh, which again, exceptional. Uh, and then I watched uh, Universal Soldier: Day of Reckoning. What? <laughs> which Universal Soldier is that? I think it's the fourth one. That's like wow. straight that's to streaming. One. Yeah, it's There's the newest four one of them. Yeah, there's a. Well, maybe is it, I don't know. This is the fourth one because it's. Da- there's one from like 91 and then there's two and three i think it's the fourth one i think you're right three's the return one right yeah like something like that late, is the first 90s. one older than 91 no, no I, think I think it's 91 it's like 92 91 oh, okay. Yeah. okay i thought you were saying a sequel yeah. was 91. roland emmerich dean devlin like pre-stargate yeah, yeah. right yeah yeah uh it doesn't matter for this one um which i didn't pay attention to the credits at credits i don't think either of them are involved in it <laughs> um yeah it was uh quite boring Really? Um, I heard it was so over the top, it was awesome. It is over the top, and the fight sequences are pretty badass, but everything in between that tries to build a story hmm. is just like, I was, I considered turning it off. Wow. Um, but I, I stuck with it because I was working on the poster and everything, so <laughs> I was like, eh, it's on the background, it's not a big deal, maybe yeah. something cool will show up, and yeah, there's cool fight sequences, um, uh, there's like an axe fight, and they, like, when they're in a fight sequence, they break everything in the room. <laughs> uh, this guy punches a bowling ball and it just turns to dust. <laughs> um, yeah. 
like the one guy throws a baseball bat at him, he catches it and throws it back at him. It's pretty sweet. So I don't um, remember the rules of Universal Soldiers. Or... I don't either. Um, but from from this movie, uh, it's basically like there's a bunch of them and they get turned on randomly. I remember um, them being hooked up to something in like the back of a truck in the first one. I don't. I barely remember. Are, the, like, are the they original robots or are they just? I thought they were just like genetically enhanced. They're, I think they're genetically enhanced. Oh. Again, like I don't remember the original that much. I'm just yeah. going by what I learned from this movie. <laughs> um, Jean Claude Van Damme is in it, and um, Dolph Lundgren both. Um, I think they were working together. Um, <laughs> there's like a rogue. I thought they were like here, like one was a hero and one was a bad guy in the original. Yeah, but this Sean one, they're Clark like Van Damme's a good, like he's the good guy in the original, and Dolph Lundgren's character is like the rogue one. Yeah, I don't know if these are guys are clones or they're the characters from that movie. I don't know. Most of the movie doesn't revolve around them. They're just like side villains. It what? looks like hmm. the, the main focus of the movie is it starts out. It's all in like this uh, point of view shot of this character. He's sleeping. His daughter shows up in his. He wakes up to his daughter. He's she's standing out, like out in the hallway, like Daddy. There's monsters in the house. And he's like, Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> go back, go to, back bed. to bed. He gets up and like again, it's like all from his eyes, right? So he looks at his wife. She's sleeping. He goes downstairs. Um, goes to the kitchen, makes something. Uh, then he goes to another room, parts the door open, and there's like four masked guys standing there waiting for him. And they kick the shit out of him, and then like one of the guy rips off his mask, and that's Jean Claude Van Damme, whatever character he was. And then, so like just this one guy with a crowbar just beats the hell out of him again, still from this guy's point of view. Um, and then he like looks up, gets up from the ground, look, looks over. They pull his wife down the stairs, pulls his kid down the stairs, and then like after an exchange, like shoots his wife in the head. Her brains go all over the wall. And then they shoot the kid in the head. Oh my god! Um, but it cuts to black, like as the gun fires for the kid. Yeah. But later on, they show it anyway Whoa, <laughs> like, what? in the movie. Wow, like, oh, that's fucked up. Um, yeah. So he wakes up in the hospital. Uh, he didn't die. And then from then on and out, it's a, it's not from his eyes anymore. But um, he's just on a quest to like track down John Clan John Claude Van Damme. Um, and meanwhile, there's like a couple other like triggered like. Universal Soldiers, like this one guy was like a plumber, so he's in the middle of this plumbing job, and all of a sudden, like he, something snaps in his head, and he just kind of gets up and walks out. And then the next scene, he shows up at a strip club or uh, like a brothel, and just starts blowing away everyone inside the brothel. And then Dolph Lundgren's at the end of the hall in that one room, and then Dolph Lundgren injects him, like tricks him and injects him with some kind of serum that like turns him into his control. Hmm. This sounds like a complete mess. Yeah, it is a mess. Like I could not. Then it's a the, bummer, too, because they sold it like they were, like Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren were returning to this. Yeah, they're barely in it. Like, uh, there's maybe three or four scenes with them. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is, like, creepy in it. I'm surprised by how disappointed you are in <laughs> Universal Soldier 4. Four, yeah. Like, he had uh, it amazing They told me this one was going to be great again. But yeah, the scenes where they're, like, breaking tons of shit and shooting things and, uh, like, the brothel, there's tons of naked, naked chicks in it, so you like it for that. Um but other than that, like, story-wise, it's just like, what is going on? <laughs> like, yeah, and later on he falls, like, he gets captured, but they don't just kill him. And he fights Jean-Claude Van Damme. And Jean-Claude, like, suddenly has his face painted half white on the top, half black on the bottom. <laughs> and they're fighting each other. Because that's the, he did drugs on set. Yeah, it's 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 almost like he's playing Marlon Brando from Apocalypse Now. <laughs> I'm sure he. That sounds exactly like something he would say. Like, have you ever seen Apocalypse Now? <laughs> I don't know why I did my Schwarzenegger voice. Yeah, <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, um, 
yeah, if you just want to see action and you know naked chicks, probably worth your while. But you have to sit through just god awful. Like, what is the story? Who cares? Yeah. Do not care what this guy's I'm quest is. Bummed about that because <laughs> I remember reading reviews me. of it. They say it's so violent, over the top. It's awesome. But it's violent, like the guy. Also, I guess Universal Soldiers like regenerate their body parts. So, like the main guy gets his fingers cut off, but by the end of the movie, they're back. <laughs> Are they? Yeah. Do they regenerate it, or they just forget that continuity? <laughs> yeah. No, there's scenes where they're sitting there, like unwrapping the things, and like it's all like meshed together, uh, like they're growing back. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not like the script supervisor just didn't show up for work. Yeah, <laughs> the first scene, like the one guy got his toes cut off, like the guy who's chasing him the whole time, and it's like this melted together skin thing. I was like, that doesn't look like his toes got cut off and then later in the movie figure out that they regenerate yeah hmm. um, well if you were a real fan of universal soldier you would have known that and yeah. understood what they were trying to tell you yeah <laughs> I, yeah true so yeah that's it that's all i got james what did you watch um well i'm gonna start with you know because ryan was doing me a favor of finally watching justified <laughs> i thought well how can i pay him back um or in a way you know pay myself back the way that he is doing himself a favor of watching that show so uh, the Dick Van Dyke Show is on Netflix. Yay, dude! So I started watching the Dick Van Dyke Show. It's kind of cool. paying me back too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Like this is this is one of those things that you guys have been talking about for years uh, as we've been doing this, and I've always been sort of on the outside. And I was like, hey, I ought to, I to watch that. Uh, I'm only like six or seven episodes in, um, partially because I'm sort of watching them like as I get ready for bed and as I go to sleep. So some of them I fall asleep and then you know watch the rest when I wake up in the morning. Um, but it's it's really good and <laughs> and surprising how well it holds up like yeah. like and and a, and a lot of that has to do with and I'm I'm going to get to my my big question in a minute um a lot of that has to do with just how charming Dick Van Dyke is like just watch it yeah i mean yeah the stories that they're telling are are cliche archetypes that now now however many years later have been in every um sitcom ever uh where like oh this is the episode where um, hey, I brought home a dog and the wife doesn't like that I brought home a dog, you know, but mm-hmm. the, the, the scenes are so funny and the way that those characters are portrayed, um, is great. Um, and they get better actually. Yeah. It's a shame yeah. you're only oh, yeah. seven episodes in. Yeah. Um, this, this show gets stronger and stronger and stronger. It's, cool. I'm excited. Yeah, they actually almost got canceled after that first season. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so. how, how many episodes are there total? 157? Oh, no. I've got a lot of work. Five seasons of like 20 each, I think. You no, know? Okay. there's like 36 episodes in each season, I think. 36? Wow. Yeah. Anyway, um, can you explain to me the Carl Reiner show? And let me explain. <laughs> for people who haven't watched... Let me oh, get through. yeah, they um, have that episode For people on who there. haven't watched uh, the Dick Van Dyke show, episode six is titled The Carl Reiner Show, and it's not very good. Um, mostly because I don't... I'll, like I like Carl Reiner... But he like it's the same show, uh, but it's recast with completely different people. The names are similar, but Carl Reiner plays the Dick Van Dyke part, and he's nowhere near as charismatic. It actually made me realize some of the things that I like about the show so much because of how inverted that episode was. So oh, what's the story? Well, oh, we we on, got a story for you. On the DVDs, that's a bonus feature. That episode's not in the regular episode guide really? of, the sh- of the DVDs, and that is actually the pilot for the Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. I, I was expecting it to be something like that, but it's episode six on Netflix. Yeah, that's weird because or, originally he shot that and who was his producer? My, Max Calvada? Cal- Max Sh- Calvada Sheldon Leonard. Sheldon Leonard, Sheldon yeah. Leonard uh, said, 
uh, Carl, you have a great show, but there's one big problem with the show. And he said, what? Well, he says, you. You cannot be the lead in this show. Mm-hmm. And so then he cast Dick Van Dyke. And then they reshot the pilot with Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore. So the pilot is... It's similar. It's yeah. similar with their kid who's sick. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's not... A, that's not well, but the Dick Van Dyke, the Carl, the Carl Reiner episode is that his son doesn't like him, so he takes his son to work. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and so... Like because I didn't know what was going on, like I, th- I like I thought it was a mid-season episode. Like I'm watching, and when he goes to, there's a scene where he goes to meet his boss, and of course his boss is a huge dick. Uh, I was like, oh, it's gonna be Dick Van Dyke. Like that's the that's gonna be the joke. Like you know, instead <laughs> of being Carl Reiner, it'll be Dick Van Dyke. And no, it wasn't. Like Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore never show up at all. And yeah. I was like, this is. It was like weird. a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, it's, yeah. Called, it's called Head of the Family, right? Yeah, Head of the yeah. Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. That's weird that it's the sixth episode in that. Yeah, that's a weird. <laughs> yeah, it, was, thing. it really <laughs> threw me off. But, so I hit it and I was like, what Netflix? is going on? But uh, um, Carl Reiner is amazing in the show he, as, yeah. as Alan Brady. No, he. I mean, I've, I've only seen little bits of him. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I like Carl Reiner. He just, that episode is is just sunk because he just does nothing. <laughs> when you start um, getting into seasons four and five, he starts showing up a lot more. Yeah, in season one, he's just like, is, like I think for the first three his back seasons, is always to the camera. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. for the first three seasons, you never see him. And then uh, season four, you, I think you see him for the first time in that, because even that uh, Christmas special that Alan Brady. I think he's wearing a Santa costume the whole time. Yeah. So you never really see him. And uh, Coast to Coast Big Mouth is, of course, they're really the great. The breakout one, one, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's yeah the show's amazing. And you're you're right. It's the it's stuff you've known, mm-hmm. but it's played so well that uh, well everything you know is based off of yeah. That. Well, I mean, oh, the show's yeah. fifty yeah. years old. So and and yet it's doing it better than oh, any of that stuff yeah. ever did. And they're, they're, uh, partially because it's like the scripts are so lean, like there's so little to the plot itself that the scenes really are just like some fun banter between these characters that are so between these actors who are so charismatic that they could they could carry any show oh yeah there's that uh if you it, saw the script it's probably like scene one kitchen scene two living room yeah <laughs> shows yeah. Oh, over. Yeah. yeah it's just like two and there's that i think it's the first episode where they go to that party that alan brady's oh, that's having, right i forgot about that yeah. and where they all kind of do their own little thing yeah and, yeah uh, there's almost there's like a there's like a skit in the middle yeah where, and, and that threw me off at first at first i was worried because i was like i was like whoa why why is there like a song and dance in the middle of this? That, but then that you see Dick feel... Van Dyke do vaudeville, and you're like, "This guy's freaking amazing." Yeah, exactly. When he's acting drunk, oh man, yeah. I love it. And that's when I realized well, I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, this is the first episode they're trying to show off. Like, hey, this is what we can do here. You should stick well, around." Well, every once in a while they do uh, episodes where they all sing and dance. Yeah. Um, but it really fits in. Uh, I think it's oh, how we dance the night we met, mm-hmm. where with him and Mary Tyler Moore. It's amazing. And, uh, yeah, they have bits that, like that because back in those days, like variety TV was a lot more mm-hmm. prevalent. So, but yeah, it's yeah, the show's amazing. It is really good. I'm really excited. I'm, I'm enjoying I'm it. Glad you, I'm glad you're finally watching it. Yeah, yeah. it gets better. So I'll, yeah, I'll bring it every now and then when I watch an episode that's really great. I'll uh, I'll bring it. Yeah, up I think again. season two is probably the best season. Probably. Of the show. Yeah. Oh man, cool, cool, cool. I'm excited. Um, I uh also started watching the show. AMC started a show called Rectify, uh, which I. I didn't start when it first started because I thought, well, they're clearly trying to get their own justified because the name was similar and the way they were doing the ads, the way they were doing the ads was very much justified. <laughs> like it <Wrecked> really wrecked them. Damn, killed them. What rectify is though is it's about <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what rectify actually is though is it's about this guy who um, he gets out of jail on be on like a weird sort of DNA technicality. They find some DNA that sort of proves that 
Like they have to readdress his case, and his case is that they um, they convicted him for life for uh, the rape and murder of this young woman. Um, and his some of his family doesn't believe he did it. And some of them clearly do, um, but they don't they don't come straight out and say he didn't do it. But there is clearly some kind of conspiracy going on. People are you know, talking, talking behind closed doors. And at the end of the first episode, a guy kills himself because he knew the truth. Um, and it, the acting is good and it seems interesting. I'm probably going to try to, you know, watch the next few episodes or so, give it a little longer shot, but it seems a little bit like, um, a little bit predictable, if that makes sense. You is know? he trying to rectify a situation? Yeah. Yeah. He probably is. Yeah. He's going <laughs> to probably rectify something eventually. Um, but I don't know the and part of it is the main character he the actor's really good, I can't remember his name now, but he's he's playing a guy who's been in jail for I think it's ten years, something like that. Like it's been a while. Like he's he has to be shown how to use a computer and things like that. Like he he's really out of it. Uh, which is crazy because of course in jail they have computers. But anyway. Um but he uh, he's playing this character who's very much inside of himself and closed off from the world because he's been in jail. I uh, now I can't remember. I don't think I've got it pulled up. But um, I thought it maybe someone you know kind of big because no, it's a it's a let's see now I've got it right. Uh, Aiden Young plays Daniel Holden. Hmm. Um, oh wait, no, that's is that the guy? Yeah, that's the guy. Um, but he's he's just so closed off that I I never get to necessarily like him. Mm. Like there's one little scene in the first episode where he's he's having fun with his um, like nephew and and he sort of smiles a little bit and you're like oh okay I get it you're starting to open up again but you're making me work so hard to like this character that I it, it just makes me not get invested as well. But yeah, that's hard when you watch a show and the main character is not cool, yeah. you know. And it, and and that's a shame because of course this, they're they're trying to tell an interesting story and 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 have a this character that is has got these problems um and there is there's a good reason for that you know that's that's admirable but it just makes it it makes it really hard on your audience um but yeah i'm going to i'm going to keep checking it out maybe it'll turn into a, an amazing show um and then i i rewatched the original star trek um oh we forgot about something the original original star trek oh uh, no star trek sorry <laughs> star trek 1 star trek 2009 uh, uh, and that movie's good uh kitchen nightmares that's I haven't great. watched Kitchen Nightmares in a long time, and then of course it blew up on the internet this week because there was this episode where um, Gordon Ramsay straight up gives up on some people, like, and he's never done that. You know, I think he says in the episode yeah, like does, he's done a hun- he's done a hundred episodes yeah. or a hundred restaurants. Is the first time, I didn't believe in somebody to help him. Such a shame, damn shame. Yeah, um, and it's it's. It's television gold. It is. Like it's it's the stuff that reality TV lives for and thrives on because like the people in this episode are so messed up and delusional and it's a train wreck that you can't stop watching. Yeah, cuz y- you watch it and these people are like yelling at customers that they have to pay yeah. and that the food's good, they're just stupid and it's really crazy. Where is this place? Uh, Arizona. It's yeah. called Amy's Bakery Baking Baking Company, Company yeah. ABC and and, uh, and Gordon goes there and he's like, wow, this place is really clean. It's beautiful. Yeah. They're like, yeah, come see our walk-in because that's his big thing. He goes in them a lot and they're all the walk-ins are all fucked up and it's like, yeah, no wonder you don't have customers. You have mold growing in your walk-in. Yeah, no wonder your food tastes bad. And he went in there. He's like, wow, it's so clean. Everything's labeled. I love it. And they sat down and gave him some cake. He's like, your cake is so good. I love this cake. And if everything tastes as good as this cake, we'll try to figure something out. And then uh, he. When he goes there, he always orders, you know, lots of things. He wants to try everything on the menu. 
and they brought out his pizza and the pizza was totally undercooked. Yeah. And they had weird like figs and pears and weird things on this pizza. And he was just saying, you know, these ingredients go to, don't go together and you have it's doughy and gross. Yeah, it's not it's not cooked right and yeah. And then she's like, okay, I guess he just knows what he's doing. <laughs> I guess he knows what he's doing. And it's just so weird. <laughs> oh, and she's a crazy. At one, at one point, she talks about, unfortunately, I thought about your wife. At one point, she talks <laughs> about how she t- she speaks cat. And then she speaks cat. Yeah, to him. He goes, meow, 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 meow. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. so funny. I love when they like show Gordon's reactions to it because he always, like, his eyes go really big and then he shakes his head. Like, these <laughs> yeah. guys are fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, like, in the very first, the very first night that they're filming there, like, there's a guy who never gets his food. Like, orders food and it never comes and he's been there for an hour and a half and finally he's like, I'm leaving. And the guy's like, no, no, your food's done now. It's done now. And he's like, I don't care. I've been waiting an hour and a half. I'm gone. And he's like, no, you can't. You have to pay before you go. Like, you can't just walk out. Like, you got to pay for this food. And they end up calling the cops on this guy. And you're like, this is insane. Like, it almost feels like some kind of publicity stunt, but the the most poorly thought out publicity stunt, you know, like um, I said, I couldn't believe it too. I but I went on uh, Google reviews, and the Google reviews people from like two years ago were saying that they would yell at people and yeah, and yeah, he couldn't help them. Man, and so Ramsey, like, what was the breaking? He point just he said uh, he basically said, I I can change a menu, I can change decor, but I can't change people who don't want to change. So I guess this is over. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I guess this is over. I guess it is over. And she, like, walks in the back and, oh, my gosh, and he just leaves. I mean, like, talking to the people was so difficult, like, like um, because they would, she would get so overdramatic on everything and wouldn't listen to anything he was saying and wouldn't accept the, the truth that things weren't right um, that that at a certain point it was like, like, like it wasn't like that he, he did something and she went crazy on him or, like, there wasn't a big breaking point like I, I think you're looking for. It was simply that after talking to these people and talking to them and talking to them and nothing was happening and he couldn't go anywhere with it. He was like, okay. Um, so they didn't even get to like the second stage where, uh, no, like he didn't reiterate. He, like, he, no, he did one dinner service with them. Yeah. So he ordered the food, tried it all out and that was it. No, no, he yeah. ordered the food and then, and then he was there for a night while they were, while they were doing service. And then she fired that one girl for saying, uh, she says, this goes to like table four. She says, are you sure? Oh, well, we haven't talked about the fact that they that the waiters don't get tips. Yeah, the tips all go to the owner. The waiters are paid hourly. And 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 he he during that first service when he realized it, he started he like, you know, and obviously in Europe they don't do tips at all. It's really offensive there. But he knows how important it is here, and he he brings it up and he he says to one of the customers, he's like, "Do you realize that the tip you just gave your waitress is going to this guy and not the waitress?" And that guy gets furious. You know, and then like, man, it it's just insane. Yeah, even Ramsey, when he was leaving, he gave a tip to the. Yeah, he's like, is this is for you, darling? Don't give it to that. This, is, this is only for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah. yeah. And then he, and then they, they, they were saying like their turnaround is a hundred people. Yeah, in they a year. hired a fired a hundred people in a year or something. It's crazy. How are they still in business? I don't know. I don't know. He I don't know. Be, he they must won be the lottery. Some sort of millionaire or something. Yeah, that's why she married him. That's that's why she was like, God brought me this guy yeah. for, with so much money. Because they didn't, they, I mean, they didn't even get into how much money they're losing a week or anything. So, and I did watch online like some like news segments where they they went there and were like, there are these old ladies who they got some brunch there and they said it was delicious. So clearly Gordon Ramsay's wrong. And I'm like, no, I can look in that woman's eyes. She's got the crazy eyes. Yeah. Like that woman is not 
stable. Yeah, not all the. I mean, there was something like a hundred and something reviews, and I was just like glancing through them, and not everybody said it was horrible. But yeah, when you get a nine out of thirty, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, absolutely. Average score. That was just crazy. Television's it good. It is every once in a while. I do love me some uh, Kitchen Nightmares. Yeah. Well, I guess we should see what's number one at the box office last week. This is the box office stats. Surprise, guys! Is Iron Man seventy-two million dollars? Yeah, so Great Gatsby just Great Gatsby just made fifty mil. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's like uh, uh, Brooklyn, Jackie Robinson. I'll be. I'm really interested to see what it does next week. See what the word of mouth is. If it drops, you know, four slots next week. Ugh. Yeah, I, the word of mouth is good. I think it got like a C plus from Cinescore, which is you know the people that go there and they review it. Yeah, so that's not good. Well, it's not a very good movie. It is not. Mm-hmm. I was able to find a better trailer. Were you for the show? <laughs> I <laughs> found a really good trailer where they took that original obnoxious trailer and then cut the uh, the Red um, Robert Redford version in with like <laughs> the same scenes and everything. And that that I was really excited. I was like, yeah, Robert Redford version. All right, I gotta go watch that one again. <laughs> Man. So yeah, big week at the box office. Yeah, he's made a lot of money for this Iron week Man. again. I think Iron Man probably be number two again, and then Star Trek obviously will be number one. Yeah, there's actually some cool movies coming out on Blu-ray next week that I'm going to get. There are DVD releases and Blu-rays. Um, for me personally, um, there is one Sam Raimi movie I have never seen, and it's called Crime Wave, and that comes out on Blu-ray. Uh, next week, hmm. so I'm really excited for it. Uh, there's when also an old horror movie called The Town That Dreaded Sundown that's coming out. That is the basis for Jason in um, Part Two because he wears a bag on his head. So I'm kind of excited for those movies. My dad always talked about how scary The Town That Dreaded Sundown was. Of course, it's a 1970s probably drive-in movie, so I don't know how scary it could possibly be. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I'm gonna get it. I think it's like 16 bucks on Blu-ray. Who cares? Yeah, you only live once. What else? I don't even know what else is coming out. Uh, the Last Stand is probably the big release for next week, which is the Ronald Schwarzenegger's return to shooting people. Nice. Um, Old. Also, yeah. Uh, also, remember that movie Beautiful Creatures with Emmy Rossum? Yeah. Where, like, the, oh, I'm a witch, and she's a witch, and we're all witches together. And when you turn 16, you're going to be bad or gee. Yeah, yeah. for, like, a week. Yeah, it's like this, yeah. Wait, did, when that come out? Like, in... <laughs> yeah, like, March. March? Yeah. <laughs> like, a month and a half turnaround? Yeah, March wow. or late February. It might have been late February. Um, Side effects: the the last Steven Soderbergh movie that until he made until the next under movie. the candle bra, which yeah. comes out on HBO. Yep. Um, I think I want to see that one again. I might uh, not pay for it, but if it's streaming, I'll watch it again. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting episode because that's one of the ones that Brad's not on where. Uh, Brian sits down not liking the movie and then he and I talk about it for the uh, for a while and at the end he's like oh, you know I like that better than I did you know it's still not great but yeah. um Rooney Mara's naked in it it's spe- good <laughs> yes <laughs> well yeah Rooney Mara's in it um speaking of really fast turnarounds Parker starring Jason Statham comes oh, out this week <laughs> yeah <laughs> Parker never called in I know because yeah. maybe I should watch that movie to I mean maybe he should maybe. watch it so he can call us again <laughs> yeah uh, the ABCs of Death, which is that that like anthology of short horror movies that you guys went and saw. Uh, Brad saw. I didn't is see it. it. Oh, oh, I love the poster for it with the little baby sitting in Death's lap. Yeah, it is a cool poster. Um, anyway, that comes out this week on 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 the Blu-rays, as well as the last season of True Blood, which 
I don't think I even finished that season, so that's too bad. Um, and well, oh, oh, there's a there's the original Captain America movie, nice. not the Marvel one, but that <laughs> one where the dude is in a really bad suit that comes out this week. So, as well as Lego Batman the movie, which I didn't know was a thing. I guess they're making Lego. Oh, movies. dude, you can watch those on. When I used to have Comcast, I used to have them on demand all the time. They're these cute little like ten minute movies with Lego people. Yeah, and they don't even talk; they just say stuff like. Wah! And they oh, you're out of the loop because Lego guys talk now. What? In the games now, Lego guys talk. I think Kevin Conroy is the Batman in there, right? I believe so, yeah. I'd have to pull it back up again. I already closed That's it. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I always meant to get the Lego games, but I never tried one. I mean, I'm always tempted to get the Indiana Jones one. but Never did. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Guess it's time to unspool real news. Do you want to do uh, commercials at all? I guess we should get paid. Here's some commercials. Hello, Real Nerds listeners. I'm Mac. And I'm Ilya Chilix. And we're here to tell you to visit Sphrix'sDomain.com. Why should you visit Sphrix'sDomain.com? Well, duh, it's simple. If you like farts and cartoons and bad words and stuff, you should definitely visit Sphrix'sDomain.com. How do you spell that address I see? What? I don't know. Fucking S something. I... I don't know. I'm, I'm in college. I have no idea. Fine. I'll do it. S-P-H-E-R-X-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-
And for that smoke and taste on everything you eat, try new Birdman Smoke and Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores, Ruff's Barbecue in Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop off Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ. It's real news! Real news. Real news. All the time. That new Man of Steel trailer is fucking awesome. It is, yeah. Except that I, it makes me really want to see that movie, except for the line where they're like, what's the S stand for? Well, maybe it stands for a suit, and then they like something happens and they don't finish the sentence, and I'm like, that's so corny. Like Superman farted or something? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the whole chair just but, breaks out from under him. But the mixture of Russell Crowe and Kevin Costner is yes. so good. Yeah, the truth is, I and don't I, look forward to Superman. I, and I you don't like Russell Crowe. I know, and well, I like him in Gladiator, and I don't like, I don't like Superman. But yeah. when I when they're talking about that, you know, about him and about with the movie, to me, that's what Superman is. Yeah, he's a guy. That's not really. This isn't really real news. I just I've been thinking about it since we saw it because that's the first time I saw that trailer. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like, well, that one. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I just have you seen the. You should watch the fourth TV spot where it's like the military is afraid of him. It's pretty good. It just it, looks cool. Yeah, I, I think that trailer works because it's it's not it's it's so much about the iconography of Superman. Yeah. And plus, yeah, I'm I, I realize I'm not actually excited about Superman. I'm excited about Superman's dads. <laughs> I think I think they're cool. I really like like that opening shot of of. Uh, Krypton breaking apart. I'm like, yeah, that's a, yeah. Tell that story. That seems cool. Don't talk about Superman. Yeah, the Lois Lane Superman interrogation is, is uh, really yeah. That's do the, the Dark Knight thing. Come on. Yeah, it's the worst scene in the trailer, and it's the only scene scene in the trailer. You know, it's just weird. Uh, speaking of trailers, though, we got a trailer for Riddick, which I thought was never going to happen. I didn't um, watch it. It. I'm kind of underwhelmed by it. Like it's kind of really. Were you expecting? We had high hopes for it. Yes, because like they they had said like oh we we're gonna go back to sort of pitch black and they when they said we're gonna go back to pitch black they meant we're gonna maroon Van, Vin Diesel on a planet with some other dudes and then have aliens or like have weird creatures attack them in the night. Nice. It's it's the same movie, yeah. um, which is kind of underwhelming. Uh, I just want cool sci-fi like. You know, Pitch Black is is great. I mean, I've and seen two cool sci-fi. Oh, yeah, two. Was it uh, Oblivion and Star Trek? Well, okay. I should say, like, I want I want some Elysium sort of looks pretty good. Yeah, Elysium looks awesome. That's the first time I've seen that trailer. Yeah. Oh, dude, that trailer is fantastic. Where he punches that thing and it like shatters into millions of pieces. That was awesome. Yeah, that's gonna be great. That's gonna be this year's looper for sure. Um, we also got to see Paul Giamatti in the Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yeah, with a barbed wire tattoo on his head. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, we didn't really see like what he's going to look like in a, in a costume, I, I, but maybe he, I, I maybe have a he, we he won't. might not have one. He might just be a big truck. That'd be cool. I mean, or I think he might just be a thug. Yeah. Well, but like, like you could get the same the same um, thing of like him driving through walls and all of that. Yeah. All of that action with him being in a truck. You know, like what if he's in in a, in a truck that's that Spider Man can't stop? It's yeah, an you know, he could truck. be too. It could be the whole. Uh, what I've always said is, you know, a superhero movie, like, that's what I loved about The Dark Knight. It opened with the scarecrow kind of just in it. And, yeah. you know, Batman shutting him down. What if it just opens with him stopping the rhino? Exactly. That would be really cool. Because I remember there's an interview with Paul Giamatti where he says, I want to be the rhino in a Spider-Man movie. 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's my like that, at all, that, was, that was on the special features for Sideways. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Sideways, isn't it weird that two <laughs> the both lead actors of in Sideways are Spider-Man villains? <laughs> yeah, in Spider-Man canon. Yeah. That so I'm hoping. I, I'm guessing too. What when I every time I see. Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm trying to keep it spoiler free for me, even though I know Mark Webb is tweeting stuff like crazy. Um, I, I have a feeling that it's following the Ultimate Spider-Man kind of mythology where Norman Osborn is funding all these uh, villains to be like to stop Spider-Man. Yeah, um, that'd be cool. That's fine as long as you know Norman shows up as a goblin eventually. Yeah, as long as Gwen not Stacy super, does. Not Ultimate Goblin, but she's probably going to. Oh, you think they're going to go that way where it's a big mutated mm-hmm. dude? Hmm. Mm, well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Drew Pierce, who's the co-writer on Iron Man 3, obviously Shane Black was the other writer. Um, Drew Pierce has been hired to write for the new Im- uh, Mission Impossible movie. They're going to make Mission Impossible Sweet. 5 with Tom Cruise, obviously, because otherwise it's not a Mission Impossible yeah, movie. Tom Cruise point. is badass. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited. Hopefully they they move quickly on that because I... We, they well, they got to make like ten of those movies before Tom Cruise gets old. <laughs> he's dude. He's fifty. I know, but Can you believe that? That he's means not there's look that old. He's so awesome. Yeah, that means there's not a lot of more time. You know, pretty soon he's gonna be in a walker. And you know what's wrong <laughs> with with Tom Cruise in a walker? He can't run in a movie, and that's all I care about. <laughs> uh, and then we we actually missed this last week, uh, and I just want to talk about it because I think it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, Cops got canceled last week. Uh, I sort thought of. it was already canceled, so... No, exactly. <laughs> That's part of it, is that I thought they were just doing reruns at this point, but no, that show has been running for 25 seasons, um, and is a is a big deal. Like, people are... people. The ratings were still G4 pretty good on that show. G4 won't be around anymore if yeah. it wasn't for Caps. Well, G4's not yeah, around it's anymore. it's not around anymore. I know. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they got canceled and then immediately picked up by Spike, so there will still be a 26th season of Cops. <laughs> Uh, because that shit is the bread and butter of cable television. Well, I heard your favorite show from the season, Hannibal. Like, if NBC acts it, there's like five networks that want to pick it up immediately. Good. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I'm really worried about it. Because I think network television cannot sustain what that show is doing. Um, because it continues to gross me out while I eat and watch that show. Cool. That's news. Awesome. So, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw the shittiest movie that's ever shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, That's a harsh review. <laughs> we we saw Star Trek Into Darkness. Star Joshua. Trek Into Darkness. Should people go see the new Star Trek? I would definitely recommend it. I I never watched Star Trek before the new one. And uh, love the new one. Love this one. It makes me want to be a Trekkie. <laughs> That's awesome. You just made my heart warm. Which one should I choose? <laughs> oh, this... Which one pick should me, I choose? I've never been so like excited and unsure about where I this is going to go. I think people should go see Star Trek Into Darkness because it is awesome. Um, so let's go ahead and play the trick. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, should people go see Star Trek? Uh, as some of you may know, I saw this movie once already earlier in the week in 3D. And um, I had a certain opinion of it. And after seeing it again today, um, I would say the 3D is not essential. It's probably the 3D you get from most movies but uh the uh the movie <laughs> some of the things we're gonna talk about later i was able to put them aside and this movie's awesome oh very cool <laughs> you are totally stealing my review yeah i Jeez. also i also got to see it uh this is the second time i got to see it the first time i saw it in 3d and you know 26 hours ago when i first saw it i thought 
like I haven't stopped thinking about it and I was so frustrated by certain things that happened in this movie and seeing it again I'm so glad that I did before we recorded the show because the movie is is magnificent yeah. it's maybe one of the best wow. Star Trek movies ever made wow. and yeah. yet I still fucking hate some stuff in this movie <laughs> so let's listen wow. to the trailer whoa 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 let's play the trailer he doesn't get to introduce the trailer this fucking guy <laughs> You think you can't make mistakes? But the choices you make could get yourself and everyone under your command killed. But I believe in you, Jim. Darkness is coming. This could just be the beginning. Getting at what? All-out war. I request permission to go after him. I cannot allow you to do this. Jim, you're not actually going after this guy, are you? Let's go get this son of a bitch. You are a poem, Kirk. Sir, there's a ship heading right for us. You can't even guarantee the safety of your own crew. Shall we begin? I'm sorry. We're outnumbered. Outgunned. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. I only know what I can do. The ship's denser. She's gone. No, she's not. No ship should go down without her, Captain. I believe in you, Jim. I'm waiting oh, for I'm waiting, were, I'm waiting were, for the people that's like I fucking hate this part of the movie. No, so, so we just jump right into spoilers. Yeah, we have. That's to, the only we way we can talk to. about because this movie is just a big spoiler homage oh, yeah. to Star I, Trek: The Wrath of Khan I've never and seen Brad the TV so series. In reviewing a movie, <laughs> yeah, he is because well, it's, yeah. it's pent up for like three days. Oh like, <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know, dude. Yeah, this this movie is based on. It does two things. It um re-envisions the episode from the original series mm-hmm. and it combines the you know classic movie that everyone considers the best star trek ever made mm-hmm. um initially when i saw it those homages bugged the hell out of me because they aped them exactly now so now which ones we're talking specifically about the reactor right the or the or, most glaring one is the reactor yeah yeah because um, that one is almost shot for shot it's just the two characters are reversed yeah and a little um, bit of the dialogue yeah yeah and um, well but the, and then the dialogue is like tweaked to switch the characters around it's yeah. it's it is both b- brilliant and daring and yet the first time i saw it i it 
was completely sapped of all emotion because I was watching it and I it was so predictable because I had seen it before yeah. that that I was just sitting there I wasn't okay. enjoying it. Uh, wait a second, Trekkies, we got to explain <laughs> this to people. Uh, in the original Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, Spock is the one who is dying. Yeah. And in this one, they flipped it on its head and they made Kirk the guy who sacrificed. And I thought yeah. it was freaking brilliant. It blew my mind. I'm like, are they seriously going to kill Captain Kirk in this? Yeah. And uh, I, I think Chris Pine is such a great actor and. Um, so uh, is the that's the guy who plays Spock. What the fuck is his name? Is that Zachary Quinto? Yeah, Zachary Quinto. Um, no, it's a it's an amazing scene. Who, I think is it even doing a more convincing version of Spock in this movie. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. to describe that, but yeah. like I feel like he's totally channeling Nimoy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking of Nimoy, um, that part bugged me. Yes, because it's like it's too much exposition that is only there for the new people. Yeah, who haven't seen Star Trek Two, well, which I don't think seen it. Yeah, I know, but no, no, yeah, got a guy right there. Yeah, I never saw Rathacon. <laughs> right, I, it, it did bug me though a little bit. It took me out of it because it was kind of, to me, it seemed like fan service just to link the first and second movie together a little yeah. bit better. Yeah. Which it's I don't like, think it oh, needs. Spock's and just to get Leonard Nimoy in it. Yeah, yeah, which it um, definitely didn't need. No, like, no, no. It if, already... if it had just been his dad popped up on there, we'd be like, hey, it's Spock's dad. And those of us who saw the movie were like, hey, that guy. It would have been fine. You didn't. You know, but obviously there is a reason. There's a plot reason why it has to be Leonard Nimoy. Like it has to be Spock because, like, no one else knows. <laughs> well, because yeah, yeah, because nobody else knows how dangerous Khan is, and knowing how dangerous Khan is is it, it influences the choices that Spock makes after that. In that first conversation that Spock has with Khan over the over the walkie, if you will, um, he he's he's reacting to the fact that he's found out that like no no if we wake your people up like they are crazy racists who are gonna kill everyone in space like and Spock wouldn't know that if he hadn't talked to old Spock future future past Spock yeah yeah, yeah. um oh, shoot what was I gonna but say it does feel clunky sorry um so yeah the first time around those things those homages really bugged me because they were so close to the original material yeah uh, but the second time around I was able to like just put it aside and also the fast pace of the movie like there's very little just quiet downtime yeah uh so it felt like you know in star trek uh in wrath of khan there's this chess game going on this very like uh meticulous uh khan versus kirk thing it's a submarine battle yeah in this movie everything's going so fast there's no time to really accept the weight of what's going on mm -hmm. it's uh all hurried and rushed so i feel in this version, it's a little di like the resonance of what happens isn't as strong. Like when Kirk dies, I'm not like, oh, boohoo. Mm. You know, it's it's sad. And uh, Zachary Quinto's performance mirrors, uh, uh, elevates what's going on. Um, but like in the original one, it's just like it feels so much stronger. Um, yeah. But it also could be just because I've seen it, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's the Whereas thing. the it's... first timer, it may just, it may, I may be wrong. But Did you cry, Josh? I was about to. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's awesome. I like, e I, even though it was kind of predictable with um, McCoy taking out his blood test and testing on the dead Tribble, um, yeah. Khan's blood, and then I knew, oh, well, it's going to be some kind of regenerative thing that they're going to use later on. And when Kirk died, I'm like, well, yeah. come on. Yeah. They, they can't kill off Kirk, right? So. Right. It was a little bit predictable, but they definitely played it out very well. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. part that part of it is not anywhere near as graceful as it is in Rathacon, where where they 
they they let that character die and and you know there is some hope left at the end but it's that character's dead at the end of the movie and you got to wait three or four years till they make another one before you get any resolution to that um because the truth is if you look at what they do they beat death at the end of the movie <laughs> like yeah. like they either have to completely like harry potter and the necklace of time travel brush this under the rug or the next movie is about like you know Hey, everybody's immortal now. What are we gonna do? Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. The thing they do at the end of the movie is, on its face, crazy. But they sort of try not to look straight at it. You know, as as not a huge Star Trek fan, though. I mean, I I've only seen two, four, and six. Right. But watching this movie, as I'm seeing the events unfold at the beginning, I, I'm reminded. I'm like, wait a minute. I th- I'm pretty sure this guy is fucking con because. Like, I'm just, you know, the little hints that are given throughout it and all the little things that he did. And I remember when he has that monologue and uh, Wrath of Khan where he's talking to Kirk, what Kirk did to him. I'm like, yeah. I think this motherfucker's Khan. Yeah. And as, as I'm watching, I'm like, OK, I, or maybe not. Maybe he's just misunderstood because he's killing and the Klingons are really cool in this movie. Oh, another God. thing that they never said were in the movie. One that, of the coolest uh, things in the movie for me. And, like, uh, you know, just to have that reveal. And I, I have to say, too, the movie is beautiful. Like yeah. is one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. And the score is amazing. Uh, it's just the whole film, I think, as a put it together, uh, putting it together is just such a great movie. Um, even though, uh, yeah, it doesn't breathe like the original Star Trek, but I think you're given information. And, and I, I don't know. It's, I mean, I, I love the original Wrath of Khan. I mean, it really got me excited for Star, uh, Star Trek, but uh, seeing these actors that are uh, uh, younger and kind of hipper, I think makes elevates the movie a little bit um not saying that the original crew's bad right but when you have someone like you know a chris pine who's this really great actor and has uh, it just you believe him and you believe that he's a loose cannon and that mm-hmm. scene where uh the admiral and him are going at it about you know i'm doing this because i don't care about your protocols i'm doing what's right and it's amazing yeah i was just gonna say i i disagree with the idea that there's no downtown because my favorite part of the movie like i honestly the first time i saw it within that first hour I was like welling up in my seat, not because there's sad stuff in the movie, but because it was so good. I I think the, especially the opening sequence where they're on this mission and they're not supposed to interact with these people and all of that, that is so exactly what I wanted from Star Trek. And that's exactly, you know, the complaint after the last movie was, well, this is an action movie and not really a space exploration movie. And they gave us that if only in one sort of long scene, but they gave us some of that. And then, the the first thing I said after the last Star Trek movie is uh, you know and I I'm I'm proud as a writer that I was right about this is that if they whatever the sequel is the last Star Trek movie was a Spock movie the next Star Trek movie has to be a Kirk movie and the first twenty minutes after that are really all about Kirk and his struggle and those great scenes where he's with Pike and and stuff like that and he's either figuring stuff out or struggling with where he is and what he's doing and and this problem that he has of not really taking responsibility for stuff like all of that was so good and i think sets up the end of the movie it's why seeing it a second time i realized the script is really good i mean yes it's a kurtzman and orsi action (laughs) scene every 10 pages like you know this bomb has to do something wrong and we have to end up disarming it because we haven't had an action scene in a little while like yes that gets a little old but uh, it's a great adventure action movie with with some real good heart at the bottom. But of too, it. I love I, I love the play when you find out that these missiles have people in it. That uh, who is the who is Peter Weller's character's name? I can't remember. Admiral Marcus. Marcus. Yeah. Marcus. Yeah, he was going to kill Khan with this very people. Yeah. that he was trying to save. I mean, there's uh-huh. so many like underlying 
things there is just beautiful and horrifying at the same yeah. time. And the oh. space battle is pretty brutal. Oh, like, man. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. During I, warp, like, I don't, that's, there's so many things that haven't been done in Star Trek before either, like this ship being underwater or falling through yeah. the clouds or, uh, yeah, like having a battle during a warp. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, but that's something like they've done that on the show, but we've never got to see it on the big screen. Like it was just, that was cool. Yeah. Um, like in Wrath of Khan, it's kind of like, just kind of like, they're always kind of passing each other in the clouds. They're masking. Yeah. So they can't see each other. And it's a big guessing game. So, but this one's just like Star Wars, <laughs> like all barrels. And it, it's, it's almost like a, it's almost like a fan wish fulfillment because what it really is, is what if Khan could build his own ship and that ship was crazy good and could kill anything. And then that went up against the enterprise. Like I've never been, I've, I've seen movies where the enterprise gets destroyed and I've been, never been so afraid for the enterprise mm-hmm. and its crew as I am in this well, movie. Cause I think too, they show things like, you know, they blast a hole in it and people are being sucked <laughs> yeah. out and like, at warp speed. You're like, Oh my God, that'd be a horrible <laughs> death yeah. at warp speed. I'm like, where do they end up? Like, do they get ripped into the, like, do they, do they end up as like a squished blob somewhere? That's a horrible way to die. Whew. And, you know, even little scenes or little things in the movie that are so well done when Kirk and Khan are going to be blasted out and he realizes what Khan's doing to get ready. <laughs> Kirk, you know, gets down to and he's mm-hmm. he's ready to go. And even uh, things when I saw in the trailer, I didn't know if it would work. But when you find out why they're blasting between ships, I mean, it's so cool. Yeah. It's so it's it's just a cool movie. It really is. And I found Khan more menacing the second time around too. Like because like instead of trying to pay attention to like everything that's going on at once, I was able to focus on just his monologue yeah. when he's talking about like oh, uh, yeah. it's powerful. Uh, Especially when he cries, how much he cares about his people, and then also like later when he's just like, "I'm gonna walk all over your corpses." Yes. And, yeah. Oh I'm man. Decompress the ship on you. Yeah. And I had the same thing, and I I. I'm probably going to write an article about this this week because it has gotten me so thinking about the way that we see movies and especially remakes and reboots and rehashes and all of that because I realized that the second time I liked it because, okay, first of all, Brad, you were right. It was Khan. Um, Thank you. Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Yeah. um, But the first time I watched it, when they revealed it was Khan, it was so distracting for me because I probably spent the next 10 minutes thinking about whether or not it should be con, whether or not I was okay with that, like it was, it was such a thing. It was like there was this fanboy in me that I that I'm not, a, I don't like that guy, but he's in me anyway, and it it, it was distracting almost. Um, and so yeah, the second time seeing it, I, I all of that was done. I knew I knew what was going to happen. It didn't matter that they were going to do that to me. I got to just be there for the ride, and it was so much fun. Mm. Uh, and I'm sure that there are many many Star Trek fans out there that are like you and I, where. They're going to watch this movie and at first kind of be taken aback. Like, Star Trek 2 is so precious. Oh, you, you touched me there. You're not yeah. allowed to know. That's my no-no spot. And then you realize, no, okay, it's okay. Because um, especially when you realize We're that... We're still in an alternate universe. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> yeah. I think that the... I was so impressed by the idea that this is them in that alternate universe saying, okay, based on what happened last time, what toys in this toy box that we that are left here from the original series what might happen to these toys because of the way this universe is different? And one of them is, hey, they might just they might go find Khan and, and use and abuse him in a way very different than they did in the original series. Uh, and looking at it that way, I realized, like, this is a, it's a really smart thing, and I understand why they did it. Um, I still wish they had made a movie that didn't have Khan as a villain because there are other stories to tell in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. But especially with the way they leave the movie at the end where they're going on a five-year mission, you realize, oh, they're free to tell whatever story they want now. Um, yeah, as a first-timer, Cumberbatch totally sold me on it. it yeah. I want to go back and watch number two now. He was just so sinister, and 
it, it, compared to the first movie even he was just a much better villain in, in general when uh kirk is just beating the crap out of him just punching him punching him going back for more and then he's getting hurt from punching him yeah <laughs> and cumberbatch con he's just standing there like oh are you done <laughs> are you are you done yet yeah <laughs> So good. so good. Going from Sherlock, which I just finished up recently, to this is awesome. Yeah. He's such a good actor. Yeah, a real yeah. swing for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's magnificent. And how cool are those birds of prey, Brad? Did you just totally geek out when there were... Like, I, I totally... The first time... Both times now, I just tensed up. <laughs> like, I was just sitting in the seat like this, like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Like, I was having a BM in the chair. Like, oh, this is so <laughs> awesome. Uh, I'm, just, I'm sorry. Too much? Um, yeah, no, it was. I've, I actually I, like the design of the old ones. I don't know why. And actually, uh, yeah. the second time around, I was like, trying to pay more attention to the design of Kronos. Oh, yeah, um, me too. Because they have those like, cylindrical designs on some of the walls. Mm. And I was like, where's that like Triforce-looking thing? And the only place it shows up is on their uh, uniforms. Yeah. Um, so uh, like the design of the Birds of Prey felt kind of generic to me, but... I just think they moved so And cool. the Super Enterprise, too. Like, I felt like there could have been, yeah. like, a more... Because in Wrath of Khan, there's, like, the upside-down version of the... So it's, it's like, a mirror right. version of the, uh, like, start, uh, Starfleet-type ship. So, like, this one was just larger and more angular. Yeah. Um, but that's Yeah, this not, one's more like an Enterprise-E. That's a real... Yeah. That's a real deep... The previews had me thinking it was, like, from the future or something. And, yeah. But, uh... Yeah, they're all right. <laughs> I just thought they lo- they they moved like dragons. It was awesome, man, because they like slightly flapped their wings. Oh, that's ah. true. It's they do, f- they do move more bird like. Yeah. yeah, it's really probably my favorite scene in the movie. Just watching those things. I love the design of the warp core. Like, obviously, yes. it's a uh, inside of the Death Star thing. Yeah, but uh, the outside is actually more impressive. Where it has those just like huge hulking, just blocks of steel with yeah. wires all. Sh- going into one thing yeah yeah they made the inside of the enterprise look way cooler in this one i mean there's still those shots that are from the like the budweiser beer company factory you know like those big drums are still in there mm-hmm. um but there's a lot of yeah the first time i saw that warp warp core i was like this is awesome yeah because we didn't get that in the last movie no you see the warp core no um Man. and that whole sequence of like having like with the there's no there's still gravity but there's no it's like rotating so everyone has to like get around while the ship's like flipping upside down it's yeah. great yeah yeah. And stuff's like flying all over the place. That suck. Yeah. Um It's just a well done movie. I mean, it really yeah. is. I mean, even the editing. I mean, there was there was a sequence where uh Kirk is running man, what was he doing? He was picking up guns. I forget what he was doing, but it was just so seamless the how he was running and it was edited together so well. I wanna say it was when they were on that Kronos planet, but he was yeah. running and picking oh. up guns and Mm. It's just so well done. And I mean, even little things like that, I just appreciate. And when they're huge movies like this, because sometimes when you get action movies like this, sometimes, you know, they don't care as much about continuity or something with cuts. Mm. And it was just one long cut, but it was multiple cuts of him picking up guns. I know it sounds really lame, but <laughs> no, just yeah. like little things I really liked about it. I I don't know if it's just that I am more educated on J.J. Abrams now or if he's getting better at it, but... There were some really impressive shots, and some of them I knew how he did it with CG and stuff, but shots like on Kronos where 
they we watch the ship land and we zoom in on it and we see her getting out of the ship and we zoom into the ship and then we back back out and watch her come out of the ship and it's all one long shot and obviously mm-hmm. we I can I can tell you where it's CG and where it's not but it was just it's really cool the way he can he makes that world all feel very cohesive by the way he films it uh, I think he's probably the best at that maybe right now um and did you guys notice the lens flares that much? Because I didn't. On, only in only in um, uh, Carol Marcus's speech with her dad, where there's a point where like the shot goes almost entirely blue, and and because it's an emotional scene, I, I like that. To me, it's slightly distracting, but I I still like him. Uh, to me, I never really it never really bothers me. Oh no! no Every no. time I see it, just I, makes I it look mind. good. Because uh, I, I think he's a really cool filmmaker. And yeah. that's just his thing, you know. He, it's it's his style, and it's what he does. And, and they're definitely less pervasive than they were in the last one. Yeah, um, I still yeah, love it. Definitely. Yeah. I was also cool. able to pay more attention to the foreshadowing this time around. <laughs> yeah. Because you're you, like, you've seen it already, so you can kind of let things slide. But uh, when Admiral Marcus is talking to Kirk and Spock about going on the mission, and the, sh- the his little model ships are lined <laughs> up, and at the very end is the super ship. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I, I noticed that the first time because I'm a huge Apollo geek, and so when I saw like the the early Gemini pods and stuff like that, I was like, oh, ooh, this is a cool shot. I wouldn't even listen to the dialogue the first time I saw it, and then the second time, <laughs> because I knew what was actually going on and I knew Marcus's um, like motivations, I was actually paying attention to that because like they are so good at hiding, you know, it's the old mystery box thing. Like they are so good at hiding the those mysteries in plain sight. Um, where you feel like you know what's going on because Marcus is telling you, but Marcus is the one who's lying. And so when you watch it a second time, you realize that everything he's telling you is a lie. All of a sudden, the John Harrison thing makes sense, and you understand why that's that's the name given to him. Like, Khan isn't running around calling himself John Harrison. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just smart. This is a really great movie. Very well done. I have a question for you on the foreshadowing. Oh. With uh, Spock asking McCoy if he could go and uh, arm all of the warheads again before they beamed him over to Khan's ship, uh, did you have any indication that he was going to remove the bodies? Was there anything? Because I, I knew he was going to beam those bombs up armed, but I did. I was surprised when they took out the bodies. So even though yeah. there were obvious things to me, it was like, yeah, the first time oh, around, cool. <laughs> yeah, the first time around, I thought they were over. They went over to the ship. Yeah, uh, I, I missed that. I kind of missed that setup. The yeah. first time around, the second time around, I saw it, but um, obviously I knew the outcome, so it didn't matter. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I kind of got the surprise first time around. Yeah, I, I get cool. what you're saying too, because I thought maybe the Spock's logical move would to be unfortunately to kill all those people because if they're all as you know superhuman like Khan, mm. then seventy two of them, seventy one more of them would be a bad idea. Mm. So yeah. logically. He would send him over there, but uh, and also like now the Spock scene is more relevant because like that gave him the motivation to do that. Yeah. So honestly, um, uh, the fact that you guys even thought about that makes me realize I clearly am a bastard who didn't care about those people at all. <laughs> because I never, I it never crossed my mind. I didn't care that there were people in the pods. I was like, yeah, blow that guy up. That's why you're Ryan's first officer on yeah. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wait, wait, um, I'm Admiral Kirk on this podcast. Whoa. <laughs> you know what Does else, though? With the way this movie ended, and because it's based on the episode from the TV show, um, probably more so than the movie, there can be a movie down the road that is more like Wrath of Khan, where it's like 
he does come out of being marooned yeah and seeks even greater revenge on kirk yeah but but do we need it because then it really is you're just remaking wrath of Khan. (laughs) you know uh, I would I would rather see the next movie be one but where they maybe there's whales involved. <laughs> okay, now I'm in. Is it Khan attacks Earth with whales? Because I want to see that movie. Superhuman whales. Um, <laughs> the, oh my god! Yes. Um, the uh, the truth is, at this point, I I just want them to sever the cord, and the next movie should just be an original idea about them fighting the, the Klingons. Because if if Klingons the next movie is not them versus war. Klingons, yeah. then then this movie makes less sense because they they just started a war with Klingons. Oh yeah, Klingons. there's definitely like, going to be on. an all-out war in the next yeah. one. Or or maybe even better, you just start it with like a 20-minute long political debate where they make peace with the Klingons and there's no <laughs> action at all, and it's a real snooze fest. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> that would be great. And then at the end, you you know fight some you know space dragons or. Space. Ooh, ooh, crystalline entities. Crystalline entities show up. They f- they shoot that with a f- phaser. And I was about to say, like, I would. I think a cool idea for the third one is to uh, do a Star Trek Next Generation reboot, where it's not where we have rebooted characters for the Next Generation crew, but they're involved in the third movie. So where you could have the crystalline entity and Data. Oh yeah, but like yeah. new actors. There's there's been some rumor that they're talking about maybe maybe doing a Borg movie. Um, because for the original could, series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. Like, like, what if the original cast met the Borg? Like, that would be really cool. We've yeah. never gotten to see something like that. Um, yeah. That, yeah anything sounds appealing to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? After know. seeing that, it, it's just so cool, you know? Yeah. I, I'm actually wondering, what should I look at now? You know, I've seen Star Trek, the reboot. It was a jumping on point for me. Yeah. And then I saw the new one just now, tonight. What should I watch now? I like them. I mean, obviously the the one big one is Wrath of Khan, but it's almost, especially after this movie, like it's a rehash. Well, um, it it would be interesting. I definitely think you should watch it, but mm-hmm. if you're gonna watch it, don't just watch that movie. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. don't watch that movie and go, oh, the old ones are corny by comparison. Okay. Because for one thing, that movie is awesome. It just is. But you know, um, the the rule of thumb with the old movies is that the even numbered ones are great. So two, four, and six. Um, are all wonderful movies. Okay. Um, and that's really the easiest. People place knock to start. three and five. Um, I think they're still good. Three and five are still good. Obviously, three connects two and four. So, um, but I th- I've I think never seen three and four. You don't. It doesn't matter. No, no, no. Matter. You but just you just know that they're stuck on a different planet. But three, I think, has some really cool action sequences in space. There's a plot point that's kind of significant for Kirk. Yeah. In that movie. Yep. So, um, and then one. Eh. Yeah. What? Definitely, do not watch one. Okay. It's like, a watch one. It's a beautiful movie, but it's yeah. it's slow. It should be the last one you watch. <laughs> okay. Um I would watch Ooh, I was about to say I would watch Nemesis before I watch one, but um And yeah, I would definitely because you know the characters from these movies, I would yeah. definitely start with 2 2 4 and 6 because those are the original cast. Uh the next gen movies are are also good, but then you got to get introduced to a new um new set of characters. So yeah, 2 4 6 then 7 8 and then don't watch anymore. <laughs> you should yeah, watch them all. Good. You, yeah, you should watch them all. I, I think eventually I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. Just, not, yeah. just not in order. <laughs> because even like the old crew, I mean, there's still lots of fun. I mean, like Shatner and Nimoy, and I always forget the guy who plays Bones in it, but I love him. Uh, DeForest Kelly. DeForest yeah. Kelly, yeah. It's, they're just, they're really funny characters. And the, what, what I'm always, even this movie too, is, is funnier than I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's great about Star Trek movies is they always have humor in them that you would never expect. Uh, you know, I love in the Wrath of Khan is, are you out of your Vulcan mind? And because uh, there's such <laughs> such a part of like pop culture now that you forget at a time they were not. 
So it's, yeah. <gasps> Has yeah. Simon Pegg ever been such a good actor? He got so much more screen time in this <laughs> oh one. Oh my god! <laughs> like and it was gr- like he a cries. huge chunk. Yeah. <laughs> oh. How do, and being such a geek that he is, how much fun do you think he had like reciting the Star Trek two lines? Yeah. For Scotty, yeah. he'd write down here right now. Um, oh, yeah, man. his face when that fish goes by is priceless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, I forgot to geek out at this. There's a triple in the movie. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there was a triple in the last movie. Was there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Scotty's got one in his base right behind him. Scotty's got triples. Um, you can e- you oh, can notice that. it easiest because you hear the sound. Um, so, yeah. Oh, that is a uh, movement that. from 1901, guys. <laughs> Damn. Wow. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't see that in the first one. Oh, yeah. well, cool. It's back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was really afraid that the triple at the end, like, I was afraid they were going to really reference the show and at the end have, like, oh, no, there's a lot of triples because we gave them Khan's blood. Mm. Oh, darn. Or it's twitching because there's a Klingon on the ship. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because they freak out at Klingons. Mm-hmm. Cool. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Nerds. Did we get too much? The I've, I've seen two, four, and six. Anything else? I've never watched an episode from the original series. I've seen a handful of new. Next I think generation. the Trouble with the Triples is the first one I ever watched. Oh, really? Yeah, that's not a bad place to start. Thanks. Anyways, you can find us on Twitter, real underscore nerd. You can email us directly, realnerds at gmail dot com. You can call us seven two zero six nerds five. You can leave us messages on our Facebook page. You like us on Facebook? We're Real Nerds Podcast. Visit realnerdspodcast dot com. Uh, Joshua, thank you so much for being on the show this week. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was fun. And next week, I think it's a two-movie week. What? What's next week? Uh, Hangover 3 and also Life in the Fast Lane, Food on the uh, Fast Fast and Furious 6. <laughs> Furious uh, si- The title yeah, card just uh, says Furious 6. I'm so happy. Yeah. Oh, man. I guess a lot of people are commenting because, you know, you know, the last movie was Fast Five. Yeah. And the title card for this movie, when you watch it, says Furious Six. Yeah. Which so. I think would have been the title if not for marketing in the real world. Oh, absolutely. World. Yeah. Absolutely. Ah, so good. Because so if you just said, if you just saw Furious Six, you would have no idea yeah. where this movie came from. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, I think most people who, even if you've seen them all, you watch those movies and go, I have no idea where this came from. But it's <laughs> great. Thinks Vin Diesel is hot. But every time there's that shot of him in that trailer where he's like, what's in it for us? His face, his like head is so crooked. <laughs> it's like he got punched really hard by the rock in the last one and he's a little uneven. He did, did did you see the last one? I did. It's awesome because the rock's in it. And don't forget to come out to the Oriental Theater uh, May 28th uh, around 8 p.m. You can see the premiere of the Real Nerds Pod Show. Starring me. What? That's, That's so right. exciting. Yep. Very exciting. It's part of Open Screen Night, so it's tickets are $5 at the door, and we don't Wait, get we any don't of get that money. We don't get any money yeah. from that. What the fuck? Do we have to pay to put our thing in there? Hmm? Do we have to pay to have our... Uh, no. To be shown. It's free right. submissions. Good. Then fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Pay the Oriental Theater. People there are working hard. Oh, yeah. yeah. They are. They are. It's a nice little old theater. It's cool. And hopefully they have to win. pay for the roof. Yes. Yeah. They do. I, I bet old roofs are hard to keep up. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Josh. Bye. Bye.